This is Centric Biz and Tech Talks, hosted by John Cackley. Centric Consulting recently held its annual summer meeting. Traditionally, this meeting has been a time for us to gather in one place, coming from all over the country. But this time, we had to make it a virtual gathering again. I talked to some of my colleagues about the summer meeting and how it reflected on Centric's culture. So, what do you think? Summer meeting virtual instead of in real life. How's it been for you? I think it had been the best use of the technology, especially the platforms uh, that we are using, Vimeo and other things. Uh, Nothing can replace in-person meeting, to be frank. I was very much looking forward to meeting everyone after such a long time. (laughs) Um, I understand, right? I mean, I think it's not just centric. It's I think everybody's impacted. I have to compliment the team, uh, you know, to make it virtual at such a quick pace and uh, be so funny yesterday, right? I mean, in the right. in, in the session and all. So I had to compliment it, and 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 thanks for the for the managing partners and everyone to be uh, to be ready to play different kind of roles and yep. and was happy while still sharing some of the centric values. So overall, I cannot wait for meeting everyone again in yeah. person, but yeah. I think we are doing a good job do, uh, doing it virtually so far. Cool. So did you go to one of the breakouts today? I did. Which one did you did you go to? So I went to the holistic transformation. Matt Hawkins was talking about, uh, you know, so, some of the really good uh, ways to think about it, uh, any of the program transformation holistically. So I was uh, able to be there for the first 30 minutes, but <laughs> then I have to drop off for a client call. But I think it makes sense and the way we are thinking about you know, stretching the works. Uh, there was a project that was discussed. You know, it, it talks about us playing that critical role after McKinsey left doing mm-hmm. the strategy gig. Centric is playing that critical role, bringing in the process transformation piece, organization piece, and then data piece together and, and helping out the clients. So it was a great success story that we heard. Great, great, cool. Hey, John. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Long time no talk. Hey, thanks for uh, letting you steal a few minutes here. So have you been able to uh, join the summer meeting sessions this week? Uh, I joined uh, Monday. I had a client, client conflict today, so I couldn't join any of the breakout sessions. Were you going to be in Cincinnati for the in-person? I was, yeah. I was planning to go, you know, I don't know at the end of things if that would have all held, but as of, <laughs> you know, when the decision was made, I was still booked and ready to go uh and then also go to camp io oh right right yeah so we've missed that yeah that's too bad yeah definitely so you know i kind of felt like the first like the main speech session you know which was yesterday that's kind of the same whether we were there whether all together or not yeah i think so i mean the only obvious difference is the fact that uh you're you're sort of looking in your home surroundings and you know, right. focusing in and paying attention from that perspective. But as far as the content, I think they did a great job of uh, delivering, especially when it related, you know, the uh, the specific financials and and the achievement, so to speak, that Emily provided, as well as as well as the Detroit update and you know other sort of meaty updates. So, you know, the the opening was pretty fun too. Of course, yeah, getting yeah. Uh, getting the managing members to you know play the role, so to speak. That was uh, you know a few laughs for sure. Dave in a suit and tie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that might be the only time we've ever seen that. I, I'm that's not right. sure I've ever seen that before. Yeah, and I think I learned a few things, uh, or I'm still learning. So first of all, I didn't realize that Centric was up to nearly 1,200 
people between uh, cons- contractors and full time. Did you know that? I keep saying like 700 to 800 when I do interviews. Uh, I don't know when, but based on just the passage of time, I have started to say uh, over a thousand. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know if I knew it officially, but I knew that we were <laughs> we were pushing near it. And a thousand is kind of like one of those threshold numbers that, you know, if uh-huh. you say 972 or if you say a thousand, you know what I mean? It feels <laughs> like it, there's a big difference, even though it's only uh, 28 if I have my math right from those numbers. Yeah, I've started to say that, but it was only in the past year. But it, it definitely seems like 2021 is is maybe hitting some of those milestones. The other thing I loved hearing was that sound if I have it right again, if I heard it right. Sounds like we're uh, on track to exceed our goals financially. Did you yeah, that? that's great too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think the interesting, you know, the, the number of people. First of all, the growth is great, but it's it's also something that you know reminds me when I was interviewing with Centric, which is ages ago now, and asking, well, how many people are in the Chicago business unit? And I get all these different numbers. I'm like, wait a minute, you don't know how many people work here? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean. You know, I guess that's the nature of a virtual company, though, to a yeah. to a small degree. It's incumbent upon us to know these things. But, you know, since we don't have the the moment where you're looking across the team in an, in an office, then, right. you know, some of this stuff, I think, lags a little bit, right? The newest hires maybe don't get represented or, or recognized from, you know, everybody across the team. So it's that's part of the uh, the intentionality that we need to have as it relates to connecting the virtual office, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was very interested by the, some of the presentations about the launch for Detroit. Well, there was, first of all, trying to figure out what some of the new terms meant. Like, I still am not entirely sure what white space account means. Any guesses? I, I think it's uh, an account that is not covered by an OG or a BU geographically. So uh, I guess I'll <laughs> I'll come up with, uh, you know, let's think of a, a, a space, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Right. If there if there happened to be a, a good a good count that's popping up in Flagstaff, then I think I think that's what we mean by white space. But don't quote me on that. I've I've not been officially okay. told. I'm gonna keep asking until somebody reliable tells me an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I guess I'm yeah. not reliable. <laughs> hey, well, I, you know, you're you're closer to it than any guess that I would have had. So I'm gonna use your yours for now. But I'm gonna keep asking. Now the other thing was, you know, what I heard was a a really significantly more rigorous approach to marketing than anything we've ever done before. Yeah, that was eye-opening, you know, hearing that we have an inside sales approach and, and right. you know, some, some marketing perspective. I think it, you know, it, it was talked about, but I didn't know it was being piloted or, or utilized uh, by anybody. Um, so that's that's definitely progress, I guess. Maturity, maybe. Um, yeah, I remember maturity. a couple of years ago, uh, <laughs> I think some of the uh, in-person meetings, we were talking about being in our adolescence as a company when we were in our teenage years. So yeah. maybe we're we're crossing into the uh, the next stage with a little bit more maturity. Yeah, it's interesting because on the one hand, I enjoy particularly in interviews and other situations telling people how we not necessarily grow by networking, but that's our marketing, right? You're never going to walk through O'Hare and see a big ad for for Centric, right? And and that's sort of you can be sort of proud of that, but at the same time, to what you're just saying there. We're moving, I would say, we're moving from being a small company to a medium-sized company. Maybe other people would say we're going from medium-sized to large, but it all depends on your metric. But the point is we need to be, you know, more rigorous in certain areas. We need to, you know, have more of a structure. And 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 marketing is definitely one. You know, we've never really had an inside sales function before that I'm aware of. And this is, a, you know, that's a real step. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what it means 
what it means for Centric too. I, I'm I'm not quite sure how we want to use it. I haven't seen any presentations about about what it means to how we go out to the marketplace. So I'll be fascinated to learn that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you completely. But uh, much like many of our endeavors, it's a, it's a. I think it was a team of three, including Gina, maybe, uh, which yeah. means that it's a small and mighty team. I would say <laughs> probably probably doing a lot and learning a lot as they go. So I'm sure that uh, we'll hear more about it, but I'm excited. You know, the fact that we're, we're investing in that and dedicating some cycles to that, I think is is meaningful. Yeah, what I thought was also very interesting, you know, and it's a lot of it's the marketing, but it's other things as well, which is really, you know, going into a new market. So geographically, Centric is in what, 13 markets? I lose count. It's something like that. Don't don't uh, forget Louisville. Uh, I think if you count oh, yeah. Louisville, then uh, then it's fourteen maybe. And again, I might have that wrong. Can right? we say thirteen and a half? No, no, that's <laughs> sorry, that's fourteen. Fourteen Louisville since, counts. Since, what do they call themselves? Cincy Lou or something yeah. like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lou and Addy? I don't know. You know, I was with another company that really you know had certain things that were s- structurally similar to, to Centric, but you know they approach growth in a particular way of going out and launching new sites. And it's, it can be a real challenge, right? It's a real learning experience to figure out what the right way of doing it is. You know, particularly you're going out to a location and, you know, we have a business model of growing by business relationships and networking. And you say, okay, how do you go out and how do you build something in a place where you're not, you're not there? I mean, to me, the biggest challenge has always been though, the, you know, the element of saying, you know, imagine you're talking to a potential client in Detroit and you're saying, right, and, uh, you know, we're going to do this work for you. And the client says, okay, that's that's great. Can I meet any of the people on your team? You're like, oh, there's, uh, you know, <laughs> right. And And I used to feel that that was a real challenge because, you know, if I'm the client, I'd say, well, I can hire people off the street, same as you, right? But I think... I think what we've gotten to, and I think we're, what we're good at as a message is being able to say, you know, we have a profile, we have a system in terms of building the team and and finding people. So you know, we're going to find good people for you, right? And so it's a little different than just saying, you know, than selling vaporware, really. Yeah. One of the things I think that you add to the mix there is, you know, again, the, the notion that we have a, a track record as a firm that to, to right. be able to do this, you know, it, it's a mix. So having a little bit more of a, of a playbook for the, uh, the business unit launch is, is valuable and, and probably needed. I should, I would say, you know, being here long enough, but um, there was that request at the end that I'd made about, Hey, do, do us a favor and look at your networks right. because, you know, even though you kind of said that that's what we used to do and we would network and, and kind of drive in there, there is, validity and value to to those elements too i mean you know maybe um it's a little cliche but i'm going to look at the network and use sales navigator and a couple things to say who do i know in the michigan area because you know that makes it more personal and and that's something that we always have regardless of you know how many um elements we've added to the playbook for launch i think that's what keeps it centric in in a sense i haven't done that yet either um but i i I will and it is interesting because i think gosh i don't know anybody in michigan well, you never know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Who knows when? How many people you may have worked with who have moved over the years? For sure. Yeah, and again, possible. that's that amplification. A thousand people now. I mean, you know, even the people that degrees of separation. You know, I bet we cover all fifty states relatively uh, well when you talk about where people have moved. Anyway, it, it is 
that human touch to to some of these functions and the mechanics, I think is is what we're finding, and and I'm excited about it. Cool, cool. Any other thoughts on the summer meeting here? Or I think I'll just let you go here. <laughs> Uh, looking forward to the rest of it. I think, you know, it's great that we're getting really good at having meaningful content and being able to connect. Mm-hmm. I guess one other thought, though, and, and I think Abby and, and the crew are doing everything they can to uh, to invite the collaboration. I've been out on the team uh, mm-hmm. site and there's been postings mm-hmm. there. It'd be great if uh, if we can unlock the magic as it relates to sort of real-time engagement not that we want to be distracted with digital but if there was some right. way virtually for me to be chatting with you or you know be all these different things that i probably am not good at whether it's like live blog or uh right. you know chatting during the meeting that that would be a nice element because uh, you know i'm all for virtual but it feels like me consuming <laughs> and receiving information so there is a, there's a missing element you know yeah, well, I was in a breakout today, which was very interactive because we basically went from the breakout into sub breakouts to do some brainstorming and some different things. So I thought that was really cool. And, you know, it's it's interesting. On the one hand, I enjoy the sort of the breakup of, hey, this is an hour a day and, you know, you can fit it in and it's not really disruptive to your client rhythm, you know, stuff like that. And And I think that's good. On the other hand, you know, I was kind of looking forward to uh, getting away from home and spending a day and a half in Cincinnati. <laughs> so I missed that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, happy I could share a little bit with you, John, and uh, I'll be looking forward to the rest of the week. That's for sure. You know, obviously, we were hoping this was going to be an, an in-person meeting. It turned out to be virtual. So how do you think it did for making us feel reconnected? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join all the sessions because of my crazy client. The ones I did join, I thought were really well done. And I think as connected as you can be with a virtual meeting, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think that I really like the fun nature they add to it. I think that makes it just a, a different from your day-to-day meeting. So I really like the fun nature that they put into it. And it really is great to see people and all the things that are happening beyond just your client work. So I I think they do a great job with them. I miss not having bench time. Yeah, I was about to say that. Kathy, you didn't get a chance to sing this time. So did they ask you guys to do a video or? Uh... They had uh, bench time and other musicians across Centric put together the the um, uh, playlist in the, that's in the digital goodie bag. So I, I listened oh. to the playlist yesterday for in the afternoon i loved it i loved it i thought it was a great playlist good you know they give us a little bit of criteria uh in terms of how to you know how do you narrow the focus on songs and then we get together and we we do several passes to drill it down because there's lots of Uh input (laughs) but we we got global input again this time so we you probably saw some uh you know more uh international flavor songs so yeah great the yeah. first one, the first one was an interesting choice. The one at the very top. I'll yeah. have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up while we're talking. All right. So, did any of you get to go to any of the breakouts? I did, and then Thursday I did multiple because uh, I started with communication with purpose, communicating with purpose with Matt Hawkins, and uh, realized as he started to get going, I saw this one. It's flipping <laughs> phenomenal. But I saw this one. 
So, because uh, he did that, I think, at the spring meeting. So then uh, I pivoted from that into the what to do with the Kardashians and data governance. What do the Kardashians and data governance have in common? And that was a great presentation. It has me thinking about the Kardashians in a different way. Um, okay, you got, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I have to say, uh, intriguing title, maybe it, I, I couldn't have made it anyway. But, you know, it, it seems like maybe I was put off by the name. What do the Kardashians have to do with that? Well, it actually has more to do with how they manipulate data than it does the Kardashians themselves and how they are fairly savvy. Um, and they're really business women, very smart business family. And it's what they were, how they embarked on their whole, the Kardashian experience, right? Really leveraging how they're presenting themselves and analyzing the data to make it happen. So uh, it, was very, it was very interesting. Uh, it had me looking at things a completely different way. And he ended up, I, since I did it on uh, Thursday, um, he ended up ending it like, the halfway point, so like 11.30. So then I, I went over to the not data, so I'm on the whole data kick, uh, uh-huh. to go catch uh, Jeremy and Carlos's uh, presentation, which was also really good on data, another different flavor about data analytics. And cool. I just realized, I was like, oh, they should have recorded this. They did record them. They recorded them all, so we can go back yeah. and catch mm-hmm. the ones we, we missed. That's awesome. I think the Kardashian one is something you should go check out because it's it's very interesting. And if you haven't seen Matt Hawkins, uh, Communication with Purpose is um, phenomenal. What he's put together, and there's some takeaway material that you can incorporate in your daily life and with your client. Really, really interesting. I I did one on Tuesday that was on sort of the future of the workplace or or the, you know, what our work day will be like. And that was was very interactive. We broke it up into sub-breakout teams and did some brainstorming. Now, the interesting thing to me is we came back and... You know, we're all talking about these different visioning ideas, and some of them conflict with each other. <laughs> you know, some of them are, you know, more in the office or more control for the employee. Some of them are less control for the employee, you know, different things like that. One of the things that I thought was really cool on Monday, did everyone see Mondays yet? The main mm-hmm. sort of kickoff one? Yeah. Yep. So they're talking about their, our launch for Detroit. And one thing I thought was really interesting was how that ended up folding into a pretty significant uh evolution of how we do marketing you know having an actual inside sales group i thought that you know that was just another stage in sort of the uh maturing i'd say of centric of so that was sort of secondary i mean it, it felt like it was presented secondary to the overall detroit launch but i thought it was very interesting i think they did a nice job with the detroit launch of really taking lessons learned from some of the other launches putting that playbook together. I don't know how well documented that is, or if it's just kind of a general model of how they wanted to go forth. But given the increase and the impact of our marketing initiatives over the past five years, I think that's really made a difference in the Detroit launch. Cool. So any other thoughts that you guys have had? I did do one of the breakouts What's the deal with equity and really enjoyed getting to know and meet our new DEI leader, Shane Mukhtar. And I think she goes by Sean Mukhtar. And she seems really interesting. And she presented a little bit today in the Friday session as well. But I'm really looking forward to working with her. And I like that she comes from that higher education background. I think she'll be a really great addition. Yeah, I, I missed that, unfortunately. Um, you know, I put in a couple of questions for the Ask, ask Them Anything. Mm-hmm. And 
Denied. <laughs> Denied, right. And and so one of them, and I'm curious. Since Ask I have, me anything but not that right, John. Well, no, and I was, there were, just, there were serious questions too, um, which I know comes as a surprise. Um, so one of the questions I asked was, you know, something that is something of a big deal these days is, you know, we talk about equity, gender pay equity. You know, I've never heard any centric report anything on this. You know, and it's it's obviously an interesting topic in business generally about companies publishing salaries. And I know Amy, you and I talked about this a little bit. I I I feel comfortable that Centric doesn't do that because I think Centric is fair. But you know what? I'm sitting on my side of the computer, right? I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about. Not that you really want to put in a podcast that you don't think your employer is fair. <laughs> I know I'm putting on the spot, but I mean, just I mean, without getting yourself in trouble, <laughs> any comments that or thoughts that you have on it? Well, here's the interesting point is that uh, I don't know that you were so denied because during the Ask Them Anything, they were talking about the fact that we're in a very interesting period of time in terms right, of heard that little bit. Yeah. finding resources and hiring and looking at our own centric people, right? And you know, we you know that there were some salary adjustments, um, but that uh, there continues to be some challenge there. So they're going to be looking at other things. And so when I look at that topic of other things, they're going to be looking at, you know, things like benefits, or I would assume and be interested to know if they are looking at some sort of equity and pay, or maybe different facets of our jobs and how that factors into um, the pay scale. So I'll be very interested to see, but I think that you might not be too far off base with your specific question. Hey, I see Megan is joined. Megan Coddington. Welcome, Megan. Hi, Megan. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? So you just jumped into a conversation. We were talking about some of the uh, equity items, you know, th- as one of the breakouts, but also other things on uh, the Ask Me Anything. And the, the topic, this is an Ask Me Anything question that I posed that did not get directly answered, which is about if Centric is going to make any statement on, on uh, gender pay equity. And so, because I'm assuming all women make more than I do. No, no, that's, that's a joke. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> possibly in poor taste. Sorry about that. But I'm just curious because I feel, you know, it's something like my daughter and I have had conversations about that over the years of, you know, should companies publish salaries, for instance? And, you know, what does that mean if they do that? You know, and I have to admit, I usually go with the somewhat conservative answer, which is that there are so many different factors that go into pay Mm -hmm. that I think if anything, you, you you know, it's either a non-event or it just becomes a, a, a huge risk to morale when you put that sort of thing in there, you know, everyone tries to evaluate how they compare themselves to their coworkers. Uh, but I also th- realize that it's something, it's like, it's a legitimate question. It's it's out there. And mm-hmm. if a company hasn't necessarily made a, a statement on that and they haven't proven it, it's like, you know, that just seems like something that we might call our, our, uh, our company, you know, call our company on and say, hey, you know, say something about this topic. Right. So, yeah. I, I well, think it worked. And I do edit these a lot, Megan. So, you know, my own rambling <laughs> usually gets the most cutting. <laughs> Amy, go ahead. Um, at a minimum, we're a very analytical bunch. Let's mm-hmm. admit that as who we are. At, at a minimum, I would think understanding what some of those um, ranges would be and, and doing some level of high-level analysis that certainly wouldn't um, – overshare any any personal information. I don't think we're ready as a company or as a culture here in the United States to share all salaries. 
wonder if there's any companies. Are there any companies that do that? I think it's much more common practice in Scandinavian countries, I seem to recall. I know I there are a few. Sorry, go ahead. The, um, D65, our, the school district here, publishes all, all salaries. So you can yeah. go out and see how much every, you can see every single teacher and how much they make. Well, I yeah. think that's because they're public they're public yeah. schools, and so yeah. your tax pay, your taxes are paying for those re salaries. Right. Same thing is true for a city clerk. You can mm -hmm. go see how much I don't make. <laughs> <That's the laughs> but, yeah, I was going to say, but Basically I think volunteer. Those, yeah, but like I think education is kind of unique in that it's not as much performance driven as it is how much education you have, how many years of right. experience yes. you have. So it's a lot cleaner way to explain why so-and-so makes more than so-and-so. I think I've heard of a few companies that have done it, and there's one company, of course, now I can't even remember who they are or what they do or if they're still in business. There's one company where everyone made exactly the same salary. Yes. Well, is that the guy that just was on the news because he paid everybody $77,000 and he's still succeeding? Is it that guy? Yeah, I thought it was 70, but maybe they gave everyone a raise because I remember from years back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they're, and they're still in business. And that came up on the news just this week. I'm like, yeah, I hadn't <laughs> even thought about that guy. But yeah, everybody makes that money. I think Centric does a really good job of being transparent about a lot of what we do. But I have to defer it with with Amy on this that, you know, I think we're not quite ready, but I do think we owe it to women and to minorities and to, you know, to, to most people to have some sort of baseline that, you know, if you're in a certain position, you should be hitting this. And if you exceed those, you know, then that's, that's on your own. Right. Um, I think that's, what's, what's fair. And I think that's something we're working towards internally as well, especially with the, the mid-year pay adjustments. Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, when, when I worked at Motorola, we all, it was a grade system. Uh, there was obviously a lot more layers than we have here at Centric. Um, but every year they would publish, if you're this grade, here's your medium, and here's the high end and the low end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was thinking is like just doing some kind of percentile ranges to show people within those particular ranges. Looking at a position, right? You want to know how much that position is going to pay and have that standardized for for multiple practices for treatment of our people and also from a recruiting standpoint people want to know what they're going to make before they apply they want to know if it's going to be worth their while and worth their um, experience and education that's one thing i liked in the ask me anything was and they were talking about compensation was talking about other things I and mean, one of the things of course 401k match because we have a very peculiar 401k contribution system but <laughs> Uh, more importantly, were things like um, reimbursements for home office mm -hmm. investment and, thing, and right. a number of things like that. And I thought that was that was very interesting. And in fact, I, I'm, you know, when you bring it up, it's sort of a little surprising that Centric might be a little bit behind the ball on that. You know, why why has it taken us this while this long since we have made a big thing of not having offices for a long time? <laughs> That was my one of my suggestions to Abby, actually, I think right when the pandemic started, she was like, well, what should we do with this money that we're not using towards the holiday party? It was like, first of all, bonus. Second of all, <laughs> let, us upgrade, let us upgrade these offices, make people comfortable, make, you know, and when someone has an, a, a safe and comfortable place to work at home, they're going to be, you know, however much more productive. It's 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 so worth it. And my fiance over here has like $150 a month. His office is like swagged out. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. throw, throw me some leftover furniture. Yeah, like a <laughs> standing desk 
three monitors and I'm like, this, yeah. this doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, I guess Alex, part of that would go towards like inter your internet as well, right? Cause you're yeah. internet, cell phone bill, you know, those, those things that, you know, go along with working remote, right? For this breakout, I actually went back and looked at notes that I wrote in uh, 2013. Uh, when I was doing some similar sort of brainstorming at my previous company, I looked at what what are the different things we talked about then, and you know some of the things were things like you know giving people more choices on what kind of laptop they had. Now I realized you know the common standard thing is oh some people want to want an Apple for goodness knows what reason, but even so other sorts of flexibility. Oh there's somebody yeah so Megan wants an Apple, um, but it could be other things as well. You know for instance my client. You know, they say, oh, you're onboarding. And they sent me monitors and a docking station. Like, I have no place in my house to put two 30-inch monitors. Thank you yeah. very much. But I need something that's a little more, I need more of a custom solution. I don't know what that is, but it's not two 30-inch monitors. <laughs> so I stuck mm -hmm. them in a closet until I was able to mail them back. You know, it's, Kathy, if you got some kind of, you know, you can get some reimbursement for something for your home office that you could decide what it is, what would you pick? When we were at BCG, we had these crazy 30-inch wide monitors. And so instead of having multiple monitors, you just have this one monster screen and you can do all your work on one screen. Really? It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the one thing I would get. It was just a huge table width kind of. And I've never seen anything like that before. Megan, what would you do? To BCG. <laughs> I think I'd get a new chair. We've had this guy for a while. I need some comfort. I've seen the ones that are kind of ergonomic. You used to make fun of your mom for having the knee one. But I'm like, that's looking better. But I sit cross-legged in my chair. Oh. I'm like, I need a better solution for my back. <laughs> okay. Oh, there we go. Doctor's note for that. Rachel, what would you do? Definitely, definitely chair. My chair is awful. It's like sitting on cardboard and it's by, and of course, you know, I'm hunched over. So by the end of the day, it's hurt. I highly recommend the standing desk. I went and got the standing desk. <laughs> I stand almost all day long. I'm standing got, right now. I have a That's standing. That's what I would do. I have I a standing top. I would buy the standing desk. Yeah. I could. Rachel, how do you like the standing top? Does that I, do it? I for, always forget to do it. I, I've been thinking about doing that because I see it him over there all day standing at his desk and I'm like, I feel like an underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Maybe I'll get a maybe I'll get like a BOSU, like you know, the ball and sit on the yoga ball all day or oh, something. That's idea. <laughs> I'll swap oh, out also, the, if the ball. The days where I have remembered to put it up, I end up standing the whole day and then my feet hurt. Mm -hmm. so, oh. <laughs> Well, then you need one of these special mats. It's right. the cushion. We have one of those yeah. in our kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Kathy, Come do for... you wear shoes when you're standing up or you just go barefoot all day? I Well, right now oh. I have socks. But yes, all summer I was barefoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I may go look at uh, stand-up tops now that you're motivating me, Kathy. It's a good one. I'll send you a link. I've got the hydraulic lift. So I've got the button and I... It, awesome yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. super affordable so um it might rival a stand-up or a desktop one <laughs> yeah so some people now my problem would be since we moved from a fairly decent sized condo into a small house i no longer have a dedicated work area 
<laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, well, Centric's not going to reimburse me for the $15,000 for an edition. So, you're not planning ahead, John. <laughs> no, well, thinking somebody around here would go back to work, you know, in, a, in another location. But so maybe me, I don't know. But it's. My client, the client that I was working at last week, I was in Yakima, Washington, and the guy told me that um, he was the f- father and the uh, ultimate founder of this agency. And he's like, well, I don't really come into work anymore. You know, I, I spent $20,000 building out my home office. I was like, hmm. <laughs> like wow, well, there, there's there's one number, John, you could throw out. And I'm glad we were able to get together and chat. I can hang on more if there are other people had other thoughts on the on the summer meeting. Otherwise, well, the only thing I would like to add is that each day this week, there's been some cool challenges on teams and, you know, people sharing pictures and stories. And I found that uh, that I've been kind of addicted to look at. (laughs) People have been sharing some really great stuff and that was a, a real energy boost. So I think that that was, you know, a great concept. Plus it's raising money. Uh, for that water fund. So a win-win for all. Okay. Great. Well, Kathy, you just finished. That that was just the perfect ending for the podcast. I'll let us that straight into the, you know, the closing. That's great. This has been Centric Biz and Tech Talks. I'd like to thank my guests for joining. They were Nishant Awasi, Brian Sador, Amy McJoint, Rachel Kiernan, Kathy Gentile, and Megan Coddington. Thank you for listening.